Welcome back to Talking in the Rain, everybody. Hello. If this is your first time, hi. My name is Sai Raunjo. It's nice to have you here. Today, for the first time in this podcast history, which I'm aware isn't that long, but hey, it's something. <laughs> I had two guests at once, and my guests are actors from Matilda, the upcoming one of the two Theater Under the Stars uh, musicals. Jala Robinson and Thomas Schultes. That you can catch both of them from July 12th to August 26th at the Malcolm Ball in Stanley Park. And we talked about Matilda. We talked about working with children because, spoiler alert, Matilda has a lot of child actors in it, <laughs> which they are great. And we talked about dancing. We talked about how... Some people are afraid to get into musical theater because they don't have dance training. And you will hear some encouraging words from both Thomas and Jyla about this. So keep listening. I also asked them uh, what shows they would like to see in the upcoming seasons of Tuts and got a really exciting response. So listen to the end to find out. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it. And yeah. Hello, thank you for joining me. Um, I wanted to start off by, you know, introducing both of you, uh, but I thought it would be easier if you did it yourselves. So would you like to introduce yourself and then also your characters in Matilda? Absolutely. I'll go first. Uh, hi, my name is Jyla Robinson and I am playing Miss Agatha Trunchbull in Matilda. And hi, my name is Thomas Scholtes, and I am playing the escapologist, uh, the children's entertainer and ensemble in Matilda. Would you like to go over, for anyone who doesn't know, um, what Matilda entails? Yeah, sure, yeah, I can. Absolutely, go for it, go for it Tom. Sure, um, so it's of course based on the classic Road Doll novel and uh, also the movie from the 90s and I guess even now the recent adaptation. Um, and it follows this little girl named Matilda, uh, you know, growing up in not the greatest family environment in the world, uh, but she's uh, just a little different than a lot of kids, not in a bad way, in an amazing way, actually, that she she loves to read, she loves the stories, and she's just, just a truly remarkable child in a world that doesn't necessarily appreciate her for, you know, who she is and what she can offer. and. Uh, it kind of all comes to a head when she finally begins school, where um, she, of course, meets Jyla's character, the mm -hmm. Trunchbull. And Jyla, do you want to take it from there? Yeah. Um, so the Trunchbull, <laughs> she is the headmistress of the school. She is also the phys ed teacher. And her background is basically, uh, she was a, an Olympic uh, gold medalist hammer thrower back in 1969, <laughs> like it says in the song. Um, and uh, she comes from this very uh, strict background. So disciplinarian rules uh, cannot stand children for the life of her. Children just cannot really do anything to make her uh, appreciate them or like she doesn't, she doesn't care if they're smart. She basically just wants them to follow along all of the rules. Um, yeah, so Matilda meets this headmistress of the school. And yeah, Matilda um, basically sees the treatment of Miss Trunchbull to the rest of the kids in the school. And she tries to stand up for the kids and for what she believes to be right. The story kind of goes on from there. Yeah. And Thomas mentioned the adaptations. So my next question is, have you seen the Netflix adaptation? If so, <laughs> how do you um, manage making the character your own instead of mm -hmm. exact? So as an actor, we are sort of, um, I mean, it, it's it's from, from a non-actor's point of view, it would, I could definitely see it being like, oh, is she or he or they going to play it the way this character did on the show? But to really bring it to its own authentic self uh, for each character, 
personally, like I saw the Netflix movie um, and that gave me great context for the storyline and, you know, how, how mean she is and how evil she goes. But then that's it. Like, I don't go, you don't go back to, to really, um, you know, check in or fact check or anything like that. You really have to do your homework and, and, and read the, read the script and really, again, like put your own self into the character. And that's what makes it different when somebody else plays it each time it goes up. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Like, um, it was actually interesting. I was about to watch uh, the Netflix version because I had a chance, hadn't had a chance yet. And one of our first rehearsals, our wonderful director, Stephanie Graham, uh, told us that, asked everyone, okay, who's watching the Netflix movie? Who's listening <laughs> to the cast albums? And, you know, a bunch of us put up our hands. She's like, great. Don't stop. for the rest of this. Pro- yeah, stop <laughs> doing it for the rest of the process because yeah. as amazing as all those source materials are, and I have been a fan, you know, of the original musical. I've mm-hmm. seen it when it's been put on here uh, with other companies. And I, you know, I'm aware of like the original movie and the books and all of that, but they really, Stephanie really wanted us to approach the, all of this um, material from like the ground up and like we can be aware of those other renditions and adaptations of it but our version should feel like we're not stealing or borrowing from other productions or portrayals we are the ones coming up with these characters and these choices based on the material given to us um which has been really fun um some stuff has really been discovered i think um you know between character dynamics and stuff which has been really really cool um for my my main character, the Escapologista, he doesn't exist in about half the adaptations. Like the original book and the original Danny DeVito movie doesn't have him at all. So um, I, Stephanie's gonna hear this and kill me for this, but I actually did watch the movie, the original one, a bit ago because I technically don't have to be involved with it. I have nothing to do with that production. So um, my characters don't exist in that. So I was able to enjoy it and, you know, as a spectator, <laughs> watch it. but. Yeah, I know it's a very Giles right that it it can seem like it's easy to just like see another portrayal and be like that's that's how I gotta do it. But and it could be helpful, but I think it's any you know as actors, it's our job to come up with our own take with it because if we're just copying someone else, what's the point? Yeah, when doing character research, do you think it is helpful <laughs> to have other versions of a character that you're playing, or do you think it's maybe easier? Uh, if, for example, that character has never been on stage before? Mm, I think it definitely depends on what the piece of work is. Um, for something as like in, kind of ingrained in pop culture as Road Doll is in his stories, like Willy Wonka, James and the Giant Peach, and Matilda, I think it is good to see interpretations, but I think for that type of characters, it's almost like, for lack of a term, like they're, I don't want to say folklore, but they're like known as characters is like as kind of integral as the little mermaid or frankenstein's monster Mm -hmm. you know it's like there's a certain point where the character itself is kind of almost more known and established than any particular actor playing it and i know for matilda especially um i talked a little bit with uh our wonderful matilda siggy um how you know most productions would have four or two different matildas all switching out different nights because you know they're performing eight shows a week um, but the way our productions work, we're only every other night. So we have this one really talented girl playing it. And she is really kind of just kind of, I think she's obviously aware of other productions she's seen and other like versions of it. But I think she's more been able to take what Matilda as a core kind of character in pop culture is. Mm-hmm. And I think for the, yeah, for this type of show, I think it's very much those characters are there, but there's also the other shows, let's say, a newer work that doesn't really have any basis in reality, then it might be good to kind of take an inspiration from other productions. Like uh, last summer, Giles and I were both in production of Something Rotten, Theater and <laughs> Stars, and yeah. that show, um, you know, it's complete original story where only like the original Broadway production was really the only other thing mm-hmm. we had to grab onto because it wasn't done that yeah. often. So I know um, there's like, a, there was some definitely inspiration taken from that production, but then again, there's also like there's only so much you can take from another actor. There's mm-hmm. a certain point where you gotta perform it, you know, do it yeah. yourself. And that's that's the that's the art of it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so talking about something rotten, I'm just gonna 
fangirl for a second there i saw it opening <laughs> night last summer loved it so much it's something run is one of my absolute favorite musicals and yes. you guys did it justice it's <laughs> such a good musical it was such a good performance i cannot talk about, i it's been a year and i still talk about it to my friends yeah. it was so good <laughs> and, and um yeah well my question has nothing to do with with me fangirling over you too but um <laughs> so uh you both did it so you've worked together on that show together and now you're working on this one together as well do you find that there are uh any differences when it comes to working with the same people versus those you've never worked before does it make it easier does it do you find that uh it doesn't make that much of a difference uh what are your thoughts on all of that well I would say there's just the familiarity of someone else's work that, you know, so me walking into a production with Tom, uh, you know, if we're basing it on last year. Um, so it, there's that comfort level of going like, okay, I know what we were able to put together as a team and Tom was a part of that. And, and, you know, this is how we've brought the one show to success. So yes, we can do it. Um, with another show. But yeah, I mean, it's always interesting working with new people for the first time because you don't know each other's comfort levels and or even talents, really. It's it's uh, it's it's a really fun process, though, because it just makes every production unique to itself. Um, but I know Tom not just from <laughs> last year's show, I actually taught Tom uh, when he was um, a young little uh, type in um, <laughs> I own a dance studio and we also specialize in musical theater. So uh, Tom was what, were you nine or 10 years old? 10 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Tom came into my class and he was just this like spark and bubbly, like encyclopedia, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Tom is like a, <laughs> um, a walking encyclopedia. I just knows so much. And I'm literally learning from this 10 year old going, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so Tom and I go way back. And so I've been his teacher. So I got wow. to teach him how to dance. And um, we did lots of musical theater. Uh, we did some, some junior productions of musicals and um, just, you know, singing training and that sort of stuff. And then Tom went off to do Capilano university musical theater program so i got to watch him go through schooling and now we're both on the same show like how cool is that yeah it's that's so exciting it's full circle and i'm just so proud i'm just so proud that he's like i've seen him since he was small and now he's doing what i'm doing and we're all doing it together and like one happy family Woo <laughs> yeah. how yeah. does it feel for you to for this uh change in dynamics in your relationship from teacher student to co-workers uh, how's it tom <laughs> oh my god it is crazy because uh i i say this a lot like um like Jana said i you know was her student and my beginnings of theater was because of this my best friend and who is now one of uh Giles' co-workers at a studio, uh, my friend Michael Kirk, he was a student as well, and he told me about dance one day. We went to school together. He's like, oh, that sounds fun. I'll try it out. And I did one summer camp. Um, I think it was a hip-hop week-long summer camp because I missed the deadline for that year's season of classes. And I walked in, and it was just I, I've Jyla is like really the person who got me where I am today. Like she helped ignite that spark for my love for theater. It's like <laughs> this being in Tuts is such a full circle because around the same time I saw Tuts's production of How to Succeed in Business without really trying, and see I'd seen theater shows locally, you know, for a decent amount of time, but seeing that show and watching that on stage made me go, "Wow, that's what I want to do." And at the same time, that's when I could go to Studio West Dance and start you know training and jala could teach me how to dance you know make sure i could sing and not yell um like <laughs> i did originally um and so i don't know and i i think it's it's been interesting especially last summer was more crazy because you know it was my first time with tuts it was so exciting 
um, a show that I also really deeply love. Um, and when I found, I was auditioning, going through the audition process and I just get a text from Jyla going, hey, congrats on uh, getting something rotten. And I'm like, how do oh you know God. it? For context, uh, last summer, our wonderful choreographer, Nicole Spinola, mm-hmm. um, teaches with Jyla at Studio West Dance and the two of them ran the musical theater program or still run that I yeah. was a part of. So they directed me you know, two shows and would also teach the classes. So I know Nicole very well. And so she just, uh, Jyla just sends a photo of Nicole like waving at me. I'm like, oh, hi, Nicole. And then Jyla's like, guess who's also in the show with you? And I'm like, no way. Cause Jyla, I'm sure you can speak on this more. It is you spent so long focusing on teaching and running your own studio that you're only just in the last couple of years coming back into theater. So I, growing up having you as my teacher, never saw her perform. Ever. She uh, she would, you know, joke around in class and demo combos and stuff. And she's obviously insanely talented. But like <laughs> as it was just like seeing getting the chance that she see her do a show while also being a part of it was the most insane thing. And it also helps that Chalice just I don't know. At this point, I think transitioning from a former student into coworkers and friends, I think, has just been the sweetest thing. Um, especially since uh I know Jyla uh, and I and our, my friend Michael, we were the first two guys <laughs> to fully, all the tears are coming. My friend Michael and I were the first two guys to fully graduate through our dance studio. And so I know the two of us and our other friends, Zoe, have a very special bond with Jyla because um, we're not very often you get some theater nerds coming through uh, traditional, very much like dance and ballet and jazz studio. So I don't know, it's just, it's a dream come true. And when I found out it was happening in this summer, I just knew I had to do it. And I don't know. It's just being there every day and seeing her and just seeing her kill it. It's just, I don't know. This is so cute. It makes me so happy. (laughs) It's a real beautiful story. It is. (laughs) And I'm so glad that you're sharing it with me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm happy to. Yeah. As beautiful as that is, I do kind of, oh, Jayla, do you have anything to say? um no go ahead okay yeah I was gonna <laughs> ask so last year in something rotten Jaila I believe you had an accent in the show right I think most of the like almost all of the cast did right and then well in Matilda this year I feel like it's more apparent since it is set in England that uh you guys will be uh having an accent do you are you working with a dialect coach on the show yes how's that going do you like do you like you know doing accents yes no oh love it (laughs) love it I mean there's definitely certain accents that I absolutely uh am horrible at (laughs) um but uh the British accent and uh specifically northern British we've been specifically coached on like the entire show the entire script and we I feel so blessed that we have uh, Adam, he, he's, he works with actors all the time and, yeah. and to have him has been a real treat. Um, but yeah, so last year um, I was also playing a man. So I had to speak in a very like deep voice and also like sing lower. And yes, I had a little bit of an accent, but my character Nostradamus um, was the fortune teller and he was quite kooky. And so random accents popping out. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but this year is definitely very specific to the, the it's British accent. So yeah, yeah. But it's uh, I think the cast is doing really well. Like last night we had our first uh, run through in front of the Tuts board, and Adam was there and and he was there to give us notes. And he stood up and he was like, "You guys are killing it, and I don't really have anything to give you except." keep going like he nice. just yeah it was pretty it was pretty great so mm. cool. so he's also done a great job <laughs> yeah, yeah like, he's an amazing teacher and i think it's been interesting is you know what for a lot of different shows you know it's like kind of like one overall accents but for matilda despite being set in london there are so many different specific accents like <laughs> as you said yeah. like uh trent a bit more northern kind of aggressiveness uh and we even have some Russian in there. We have some more kind of RP British. I am personally most impressed, and I'll say this till the cows come home, with the kids. These kids and what they are putting out there with lots of things, but specifically in the context of this 
their accent work. It's it's amazing. Like I, oh, good. I feel like, I feel like I've only been able to come up with like competent accents in the last couple of years when I was like going <laughs> through schooling. Um, but these kids, which they range from I think about thirteen to fourteen, to our youngest one, Isabel, seven years old. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it's insane, and they are all killing it. They all have the accents. They're all slightly mm -hmm. like they all. They're not also all like the same copy paste accent there's little yeah. nuances in them and the fact that they're juggling all of this with memorizing their lines and mm -hmm. all the choreography being thrown at them it's it is a Incredible. wonder to behold yeah yeah, yeah. this show is is quite a beast um mm -hmm. it, it's it's a very big show and there are so many moving parts the kids are like the main characters in the show and they are in so much of the show so when you're that young and you have to learn so much choreography so much dialogue um you know just and then and then the singing they're harmonizing and they're they're loudly having to like blast these notes out into the audience and there's only like eight of them really eight or nine of them and it's a very short rehearsal process like it's not it's not that long like when I teach my musical theater program at my studio we do an hour show and we take like six or seven months to do that yeah. and so they're learning a full musical and they're not just like playing chorus you know, or, or like something, you know, where they're, they're in here, a scene here, a scene here, they're, they're playing, they're in the whole show. They're doing a phenomenal job. I will have to agree with Tom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's also impressive that they've been at school this entire time. Like yeah. we're now just about to hit the summer and now, you know, they're going to have more free time, but they would, you know, like once in a while, a kid would have to miss it because I was like, oh, what well, you're missing. Oh yeah. I'm singing at a competition. Yeah. And like Chilliwack and we're like, like, oh, I have to go to my dance recital. <laughs> yeah, like it's insane what these yeah. kids are doing, and it's like not just a kid. Like we also one of our ensemble members, Lucas. He is fifteen. First off, he is as talented as competent as any adult dancer out there. It's insane. Um, mm -hmm. But like he literally had to miss a couple of rehearsals because he was his year-end dance recital where he, I think he said he's like in seven or eight different routines. Oh my mm -hmm. god! And he comes back doesn't miss a beat like literally immediately fully back into everything mm -hmm. like and it just shows the skill of this cast especially through the kids because they are showing the same level of commitment and dedication that any actor any equity non-equity like any performer is there's mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. a feeling in this cast that everyone is fully giving it their all and it especially shines through the kids yeah, yeah. that's amazing um so working with uh kids it sounds like you're both having a great time and the kids are giving their all. Uh, does it um, make a lot of difference when it comes to rehearsal schedules? Because I'm assuming they have, you know, other obligations like school or going to bed earlier than you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, we've been very lucky that our schedule, like the way it does their schedules is um, since it's both casts, um, you know, for our show and the prom, um, mm -hmm. and we share one space, it's usually scheduled that we have about four days a week where it's our space and then four days a week where it's their space, we have one day overlapping. Um, conveniently, I believe for the other show, they only had one technically child and I believe mm -hmm. she's already turned 18, like already in the rehearsal process. So um, similar with our show last year, Something Rotten, we didn't have a single youth performer. So we were able to kind of get away with a bit more kind of like having late night rehearsals and, mm -hmm. you know, going a bit more into the normal work time um but with these kids we have uh an amazing part of our creative team lucy who is kind of yeah, yeah the child the maggot wrangler she dubs herself <laughs> um who maggot. helps kind of keep track of the kids helps them check in check out with their parents and just kind of keep them all going but yeah, the other rehearsals have been interesting especially with the way this show flows there are so many separate parts to the show like um with my character the escapologist and stuff like kind of like him like for context if people don't know since i mentioned before throughout the story matilda goes to the library to mrs phelps uh her like one friend at the library who she's been telling mrs phelps the story that's been coming to her brain that she thinks she's being inspired by and that story involves a great escapologist and an acrobat and so that's like the show has so many separate parts there's the parts at home with the wormwood family there's the parts at school with the trunch bowl and miss honey and the classmates and then there's the parts at 
the library with the story. And so there's all these separate parts. So there would have been like, I think a week or so where I didn't see any of the kids. I just go in for my rehearsals to work out the acrobat stories and then go, go home. And then I just have to look at our little kind of Google drive link to see the videos of the kids working on, you know, smell or belly and, or some of like the bigger numbers they have. And it's, so it sucks that sometimes we don't get to see everyone, but um, mm -hmm. the schedule's done masterfully. I think that we're able to come all together as a cast and run stuff and work stuff as group pretty often. And so it's not like we're going forever without seeing each other. And mm -hmm. these kids seem to be very, you know, they also have so much energy. I, I swear yeah. they can go have a full day of school and then come to rehearsal and be just as energetic doing cartwheels during the break. Oh, and <laughs> their, break it, their break time is more like, let's go run around and scream time. Literally, <laughs> literally they, they, they've told us during one of our dinner breaks that they are coming up with uh, Matilda 2, little one-act. Yeah, that they're going to perform for us on our closing night, which I just Aww. cannot so wait cute. for. So they, yeah, they just, this whole scheduling with everything, it just, it really, it's, it gives the best for everyone. It gives us adult you know, time for, you know, our equity breaks and time to like, prep and work our stuff while also giving the kids, you know, feel like they're not called and having to sit there twiddling their thumbs. They're mm -hmm. constantly working. And um, it also helps our space has multiple areas we can kind of rehearse. And do yeah. stuff. However, going in, we're going into tech starting. Oh. And that's going to be fun. Goes to like 1130 PM. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering how the kids are going to be handling the late nights. Um, that's going to be, yeah. going to be pretty challenging for them. But uh, yeah, six, six full days, long days in the theater. So yeah, learning, learning how to get around the set and get our blocking, mic checks, costuming, put it all together, meet the, meet the um, orchestra. That's always a really fun, yeah. fun, fun piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah. I like how it's a universal thing for people who have done theater to just like freak out when they hear tech week <laughs> it's, it's yeah, a complete be a time. yeah 100% and it's so much of like this show is so big as Jai was saying yeah but so much of our show is dependent on our set which is such a cool concept designed by Brian Ball and I don't want to give away necessarily because don't give it away Tom don't give it I away I won't lips are sealed because this <laughs> no, is I will say people have to come see know, something new yeah. I, I, and I'll say that this is a very new take on Matilda, the way it's yeah. been presented with mm -hmm. costumes and the set design. So the next couple of days are going to be so exciting and interesting. Um, you know, my favorite thing for Tech Week is, you know, hurry up and wait. It's just the class idea of, you know, you could go 30 minutes of just sitting there waiting for a lighting cue, which is all very important. And then you have 20 minutes of just go, go, we're running through all of this, no breaks. It's just yeah. every show brings its own challenges with Tech Week and yeah. the show will bring its challenges too. Um, but I have the full faith and confidence that our cast will and creative team will absolutely mm -hmm. kill it. And I think it's going to be a really um, unique experience seeing Matilda on the uh, Malcolm Bowl stage because it is an amphitheater. So it's outdoors and there's no walls to like contain anything. So as actors, we we have to really push everything so far out because it just our sound keeps going and mm -hmm. uh, there is you know people that are in the very back like they're quite far away so we have to adapt to that space and you know like our movement has to be bigger and our like things just have to be a little bit bigger when you get on that big stage. Yeah, we also have to juggle with um, half our show is going to be in daylight. Is the thing because our show that's the yes. big thing, yes. Because at eight o'clock is when our eight, uh, it starts, uh, yeah, eight p.m. Yeah, starts going down. We were just doing a run through, and um, you know, act one ends, and we've been saying blackout, and um, we just realized, wait, we there is no blackout. Nope, you <laughs> got to come up with an exit. Um, but it's such a cool idea for outdoor theater that a lot of like our creative choices are kind of dictated by that. That we for our first act, we come up with a lot of creative ways we can't rely on the blackness of a blackout to completely cover us like there's been really cool transitions and choreography come up for people to like mm -hmm. you know kind of elevate that so you're not just kind of like and yeah so it's not like you see something end and some new thing begin it just kind of the way that stephanie's done it is like it just kind of 
flows into the next thing without being like a snap to black and move on and you know yeah just, everything just kind of flows together um but uh but once once you get back from intermission and it gets dark yeah. then you get to see some of rob sondergaard's uh lighting design and he is the best He's it's so good. good so the lighting is always exciting to see in that space when it's dark and and things can be lit and the colors and mm -hmm. our yeah. creative team is amazing like we are lucky to have this amazing cast but we're even more lucky to have this creative team even like we have our uh our uh, has this really sweet uh bipoc kind of internship uh acting fellow program where someone can come in and be a part of it and our choreographer crystal kieran was ours for something about last summer which was she helped so much now she's part of the official creative team but we have this uh wonderful uh, directing fellow Monice, who she has helped so much. Oh my gosh, she's she amazing. Is, she is like coming clutch so many times with like little parts that we're like struggling to figure out. She's like, well, if we do this, and she's taking yeah. actors aside to really work work on the nitty gritty of oh, like yeah. the character work that you don't normally have time to do in a rehearsal. And she's just also just a joy. Mm. Everyone in this creative team is just amazing. I definitely think like once the, we get on stage and everything's figured out, they'll really shine. And it helps that some of our last couple numbers we have in act two, when we have, it's dark and the lighting and everything is there. Oh, I just know there's gonna be some crazy stuff, especially for one of Gile, I think it'll begin with one of Gile's numbers, Smell of Rebellion, which is, oh, that's a fun <laughs> one. <laughs> yes, it it is fun. It is challenging. The to play to play a character who's so evil and yeah. and mean like she is like I've always um I've always been big into like playing comedy roles or big character roles I I I really dig into that stuff so I've always wanted to play somebody wicked <laughs> mm -hmm. and when I was cast as Trunchbull I was like whoa this is this is this is something I can really bite into um, but warning, it gets pretty dark. Like she, Trunchbull gets pretty, pretty, pretty dark. That's all I'll say about that. But, um, so it's definitely a roller coaster ride for me as an actor, um, to go, to go that far and to be that cruel and wicked and mean and just unforgiving. Like she doesn't, she doesn't stop. She just keeps going and going and going until she wins. She just has to win everything. And if uh, something is wrong, something isn't working and she's not winning, she changes it so that she wins. So, and Monice and, and I, our, our uh, directing fellow, um, she really has been like every spare second we're on, we have nothing that we're doing. She runs over to us and she's like, okay, I've got some notes. What do you think about this? And, you know, so she's really everybody is where everybody is just really pushing and any any spare time that we have we're like oh this 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 let's work on that and um it's just pushing me for as an actor to find different avenues and and find different ways to make things hit stronger and you know mm -hmm. yeah it's great yeah well so for tuts the show runs for a rather long time so do you find that you have the option slash tend to change, update some things about the character? Uh, or do you tend to just, you know, stick to what you started with and end it with that? Yeah, um, it's really important to, to keep the integrity of the show. And um, once we get it to a, a place where the director is like, yes, this is it like that's the skill right there is going, how do I get back to that? How do I, how do I keep myself at that level and perform to this level um, mm -hmm. for the audience every single night? When, with a show this long, I mean, it's really easy to fall into, um, you know, I don't know, like people can, people can kind of have fun with certain things or things can start to mold and shape differently. So um, it's, it's good to have like, like our stage manager and our dance captain 
our fight captain, you know, just keeping us on our toes and being like, Hey, this looked different or mm, mm-hmm. right. Cause I remember with something rotten last year, we did have that happen a few times where things just started to kind of mold and shift. And it's, again, it's a long run and it's, it is hard to keep that um, integrity going that long, but that is the, that is the goal. Mm-hmm. I, I think especially with this show, it's really important because Silly Rotten, it's an amazing show, but it's it's very much a farce. It's like there are some serious moments near the end, but it's, you know, very like it's a it's a satire on theater. So, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't quite go into those deep, deep, dark areas that Matilda touches, really. Like it's mm-hmm. really it's yes, it's a show for kids, but it's a show for adults, too. There's a lot to be learned from this. And I think with the subject matter that we really touch on and some of the things that happen in this show, it's really important that we keep what we have set um, for, there's obviously certain things, you know, with like lifts and fight calls where for the safety of our actors, we have to keep it that way because, you know, the last thing we need is someone to want to take an extra moment to, you know, sell out to the audience and then they miss a cue to lift someone and, you know, disaster strikes. And, um, but for, as an acting standpoint, I think as well, there's, a certain aspect where you know you have these intentions set you have this kind of roadmap that you've laid out of how you're going to get from spot to spot scene to scene and i think what keeps it fresh and what keeps it you know so you don't feel like you're just repeating the same story over and again is rediscovering those those kind of discoveries and those intentions and treating them as if it's happening for the first time i mean it's easy to sound say like oh yeah just act as every performance is the first time you're doing it it's <laughs> a lot of people throw that around but in reality it is good with your those quiet moments and those moments you're not necessarily speaking with the moments you're thinking as the character to rediscover them and don't like we don't know what's supposed to happen in this show our characters don't know the ending so as us as actors should not override that with what we know is going to happen mm-hmm. And it's also very important because, as we discovered last summer, with this post-COVID-19 world, anything can happen and any actor could have to step out for a performance. And last night for our run-through, uh, our wonderful Mrs. Wormwood, she was not able to be there. So our understudy for her, Mara, who is one of our ensemble members, stepped in and watching her perform was like a masterclass of keeping the same show going while still giving it her unique performance. And mm-hmm. last summer we had to deal with a couple shows where people had to step in. I was out for a show. I had to understand, because I was a swing last summer, I had to swing some roles. Some other people had to swing some roles. It should be for an audience member, the same show. Yes, it's fresh for us and it's fresh that this different actors performing, but there's a, as John said, an integrity of the creative team that put this together that we as actors have to respect because if not then what's the point right mm-hmm. yeah that's very interesting to hear because I mean I feel like most of the times when you hear about actors experiences with like multiple shows it's mostly um people who have been in this for a long time or like you know people on Broadway who perform it for like years you know so I feel like it's it's yeah really interesting to get a different point of view mm-hmm. um yeah, and I don't have a good transition for my next question, <laughs> but I'm just going to move on to it. So um, as we talked about before, uh, Jaila, you have a dance studio. You used to teach Thomas. You're both dancers. And I feel like there's always this discourse uh, surrounding dancing in musical theater about, you know, like being an actor slash dancer versus being an actor who can move uh and i feel like it discourages a lot of people who do want to get into musical theater that they're not you know they haven't been doing ballet since they were three years old (laughs) and so in your experience and opinions uh do you think that being a dancer makes a difference when you're taking part in musicals and if you have any words of wisdom for for people who might think that they're not a good dancer but would like to perform in musicals Oh man. man. (laughs) Yeah. I would say to be your own authentic self is what is best. Always having any sort of training behind you is going to help you no matter what. So Mm -hmm. if you're somebody that loves musical theater and you don't want to try because you don't think you're, you haven't taken a ballet class, like 
That's silly. <laughs> um, there are so many studios in the lower mainland and places, people even like, oh, hey, you're a dance teacher. Can you give me some private lessons? Like there's so many ways to educate yourself with movement. Um, and no, you don't have to be a ballet dancer or a technical jazz dancer to be in musical theater. Are there big dance roles in musical theater? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But there are so, I mean, musical theater is like, you don't have to just be young. You don't have, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm in my late thirties, I will say. Um, <laughs> I took a break from it for 13 years running my dance studio. And there were many times where I was like, oh my God, like I missed my chance and I, I don't think I can get that back. And then I just worked myself out of that funk and was like, why not? Like you, you do this every single day of your life, even though you're not on stage, you're teaching. So you're constantly in it and inspiring others to um, learn and be creative and get, get out there yourself. So I, I, I did, I got back out there and I'm so happy that I did. So I think it's about just like, whatever your fears are, don't make them like, so, I don't know, like important. <laughs> like, like just, just, okay. That this is one of my fears. Okay, cool. Um, how do I start to tap away at that or like chip away at that? Sorry. Um, but yeah, like if you, if you don't know how to move, like go take a class, no big deal. Cause there's definitely some fantastic like actors and singer actors who haven't, you know, taken a dance class before, but, um, gosh, don't shy away from that. Um, yeah, uh, like it, it all depends on like, I think we all start somewhere. Like for me, I started as a dancer. Um, and then I was always like singing in school and putting on plays with my friends and, you know, you, and then you grow up and you start going, Oh, I want to audition for the musical. Okay, cool. Oh, this is great. Oh, but I'm also a competitive dancer. Okay. Da, da, da. And I'm taking acting classes. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, I have all these, like, um, these talents. Right. So, and you can all like, if you're good at one, then, you know, um, improve yourself in, in, in the other. Yeah. So I wouldn't shy away from it. Absolutely. I mean, I'll say this. I have, I guess now, if I had to add it up, I've now been about 10 years of training dancing mm -hmm. from Studio West all the way to Capilano University. And I still brand myself as a strong mover. Like, <laughs> I, I, there are, like, there's just certain things that, like, you could be a dancer training for years, and then you have some kid who comes out of nowhere dancing for a year and a half and you know they could do russians and triple pirouettes and like all this crazy stuff and it's just a big thing i think as well is a lot of people will see these performances and be like wow i'm not going to be as good as that person or this person when it comes to theater what makes you special is what you specifically bring like i know that i am not going to come out here and do a back handspring or you know like do some beautiful ballet routine but i know with my skills of movement and dance and what I have trained to have over these years, it allows me to, you know, work in this industry and be very successful and be very happy with it. And there is, there's always going to be a challenge for a show. I personally think if you're doing a show where, especially when it comes to dance, you're not even in the slightest bit being challenged. Like what's the point? Because mm -hmm. like, with yeah. all the skills and disciplines of theater, you know, dancing, acting, and singing, like, you're never done. You're never, oh, I know everything there is to know about singing now. Like, every role is different. Every show is different. And for it, finding the shows and the roles you, that will fit what you can bring is always going to be the best. I mean, for myself, I personally, I have a passion and I do magic. I sleight of hand, card tricks, all this stuff. And that happened to work very well with this role. I have, there's some, I don't want to give anything away, but there's some <laughs> magical moments in our show that I was able to present to the creative team and that helped kind of contribute to this role I've been able to create now. Um, I also know uh, some other castmates who have like, they are training acro, they have very much competitive like hip hop aspects. Like, and there's also people who are not dancers 
but they have incredible voices or they're really funny when they act or they're just they just give to the other actor and mm -hmm. it's the thing is yes you might not have the dance skills to be in cats or billy elliot or a chorus line but it doesn't mean you don't have the skills to be in any other amazing show i mean mm -hmm. there's i like last summer uh one of our lead who played nick bomb Camiar, he said he had never tap danced before right Jyla? am i wrong he had never tap danced before before getting this role and spoiler alert something wrong has a lot of tap yeah like three big numbers of tap <laughs> uh one which is giles main number a musical which went on for seven minutes oh thank you thank you very much yes and <laughs> this guy he didn't he is a true professional because he didn't freak out he didn't turn away he spent every rehearsal reviewing and reviewing going over the steps going over taking, with the choreographer your classes outside of rehearsal mm. just to he get not being afraid to ask help from other cast members who have more tap experience and by opening i would go up to people and they'd be like wow he's such a good dancer i'm like would you believe he didn't know how to and they didn't believe yeah. it. like yeah. there is we never stop learning we never ever stop learning because i think the moment you stop learning you lose the point of it all so yeah yeah oh that's so encouraging <laughs> Love that. Um, okay, before we go, I have one last question. What musicals would you like to see uh, showcased at Tuts in the upcoming years? Uh, <laughs> don't get me started. This is a strong question. This no, is a strong question. Jala, I'm going to talk for a bit, so you you come up with one first, because I didn't mm. think <laughs> I didn't realize it was a question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. We just we spend a lot of our time talking about this during our break. <laughs> I want to see Mean Girls. Oh my God, yes! I saw it on Broadway, and oh my goodness, it was like I I love musicals. Hello, uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of musicals on Broadway. Like I've actually spent a lot of time in New York. But when I saw Mean Girls on Broadway. I was so blown away by just the theater, like the, 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 the technical aspect of the show, which is like, oh my God, they've probably spent millions of dollars on just the screen alone. Cause oh, yeah. everything from floor to ceiling and all like almost like to per peripheral vision of you on that's like uh, your side view is screens. So like their scene changes, it just flips to these projections but obviously like moving projections because like in the burn book scene there oh, there's mm -hmm. everything higher just the the scene changes alone like how quickly they would go from one thing like they would be like from a bedroom into the cafeteria in no joke five sec five seconds it was like yeah the way that every like things came out of the walls and the floor and and the talent the cast was super talented and and it was funny and it was Oh, it just had all of the things. So, I mean, I don't, Tuts wouldn't be able to do it like that, but I think <laughs> I love that musical. It's super fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, Great. Here we go. <laughs> I've been thinking about this the entire time talking. I mean, as I said earlier, I am a theater nerd through and through. I'm constantly thinking about what companies could do because Vancouver's a relatively small scene. So there's a handful of companies. Like I literally, yeah. I, will, I will date this now. I predicted Rain City Theater doing Parade years ago. I said they should do it at some point. <laughs> they just announced it. So there we go. Nice. Um, but, hey there, um, Mr. Uh, fortune Teller. What's next yeah. then? <laughs> well, let me tell you. I mean, uh, I what I have loved about Tuts in the last couple of years is they have uh, they love picking like crowd pleasing shows, and they usually have a mm -hmm. habit of picking one show that is like a classic Broadway, like you know, like you know, Forty Second Street or you know, uh, West Side Story, and then taking a show that's a bit more kind of broadly known, like Mamma Mia um, mm -hmm. or Being the Beast. Um, but the last couple of years, they've really been like getting out there. I mean, last season was Something Rotten and We Will Rock You, which are two yeah. very off the wall shows and also two shows that have darker aspects. And I think this season as well with The Prom and Matilda, they're very much amazing shows, but also with darker aspects. So I've loved seeing where they've been going. So I have been saying for the longest time, it's an outdoor theater. How they have not done Into the Woods 
still baffles me. Oh, oh my God, yes! Because it's an outdoor theater. They, I know every couple of shows, they'll have some incorporation of walking through the audience. It's in a forest! Yeah! Like, it, <laughs> I know. I do know that Tuts does like having their big ensemble shows, so I get that that's kind of not the the best option. But it's also it's a darker show. It's Sondheim. See any Sondheim show on Tuts would be amazing. Okay. I mean, I'd also throw out Sweeney Todd, but I don't think audiences really want to see a lot of murder on stage. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a hunch. But M- maybe. if I if I had to put my big one down though, is I would love to see them put on the musical She Loves Me, mm-hmm. uh, which is. Mm-hmm. Musical from the 60s, um, was kind of underground for a while, and then had a revival in, I believe, 2012, 2013-ish with Zachary Levi and a bunch of other really talented actors. And it is an amazing show. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It's it's also brilliant because the set itself is just one store, this one shop, and that's the set. It rotates, and it, it all takes place in this one place. It has a great, hilarious ensemble and these leads. And I just think it's such a class because i think what tuts does best is these shows that give off both spectacle but also these heartfelt moments with -hmm. these characters the fact that they can manage to do amazing 30 person choreographed routines and have an audience crying at one actor on stage belting their heart out like and to have a show any show that highlights that kind of emotion i think would be great so yeah long answer put short she loves me into the woods Kevin Wu in the board, get that done, please. I'll be there. Tom totally <laughs> for shouldn't. president. <laughs> no, I, I want. Don't make me president. I want audition for them. I want to be in. <laughs> oh my god. Well, uh, now that we know what the next season of Tuts is gonna be. <laughs> mm. um, well, I appreciate you both taking the time out of your day to talk to me. It was a pleasure talking with both of you. And yeah, thank you so much. I am seeing Matilda opening night and I'm very excited. So <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be amazing. July 12th. Yeah. Thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you so much so cool. for having us. Of course.